Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Hannah. And together we are single, fat and 40. Let's go. And I'm on the roll. We're back. We're back. We're back. Short break. You're opening a bottle of something fizzy there. What you got? Uh, I've got a bit of Coke Zero, but I do have a Peroni. I was going to say, is that Coke Zero got a copious amount of vodka in it? <laughs> it's because the uh, the sun's out. So all I want to do is drink beer in a beer garden. I'm not, uh, dear listener, I'm not just accusing Sarah of being a pisshead. Uh, the topic for our episode today uh, is boozing, <laughs> boozing, drinking, getting absolutely bungalowed, <laughs> laminated, twatted. Um, but before we get into that, uh, obviously we were off last week. I did fly with my microphone in my suitcase and had every intention of recording the pod but then I think we were both just feeling a little bit mess. yeah I think I felt like we should just let's just skip a week and come back fresh although I don't think I feel fresh no <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how fresh we are but it is very uh it was very nice for me and for us to feel like I said to feel missed because I it want was. to give a massive shout out to Liz Hi Liz. Liz. Um, because I obviously being a uh tarot reader, which uh, most of you know, uh, I, I logged into Zoom and I quite often ask people, you know, how did you find me? And obviously, most of the time people say Instagram or my friend recommended you, which is and Liz was like, I listen to your podcast. Oh, I was like, oh Liz. Uh, and I, I and then I said to Liz, I was like, Liz, how did you find us? <laughs> And they said, Spotify, it's just looking for something new on Spotify. And I was really like, oh yeah. my God, how cool is that? People that are looking for something to listen to um, are stumbling across us, chatting uh, away, Sarah. And, and they said, <laughs> I was, the, people have been using the words gutted, mm. devastated, uh, when we didn't drop an episode on Tuesday. No, there go. We're, we're try harder. To not drop the ball. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> promising that. I'm just saying I like the validation. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to feel wanted. So thanks. Yeah, and I, I think that's something I was thinking about this morning. Liz was saying it's really nice to listen to something where you feel you relate. And she said, you know, most of the time when you're chatting away, I totally agree. And there's maybe only been one thing that you said that I didn't agree with. And I was like, hang on, that's actually really cool, isn't it? Imagine people listening yeah. to us that are engaging in their own uh kind of thinking and awareness and being like mm, I don't agree with that but that giving them like a framework for yeah. what I think and being able to really step into that I am basically just stoked to be here tonight Sarah oh well I'm glad it's yeah, nice to be back actually recording together um so how how, how was your week what have you been getting up to uh not a lot to be honest I actually um I met up with some friends last week for dinner. 
Mm. And then some of them I've not seen since before the pandemic. So it's been a few years. Wow. And everyone's like, how are you? What have you been up to? And I was like, nothing. And I was like, that's really fucking sad. That's really boring. So I've I- decided I'm going to have a fuck around and find out summer. Okay. No, I mean, I endorse yeah. it also. Credit where credit's due, you did survive. True. A global <laughs> pandemic. You know, it was a lot. A lot of people have had to kind of face themselves and deal with a lot of things. And it is not, it's not been easy. So I'd say, you know, we didn't all need to like learn Mandarin or <laughs> no. start to understand yeast ratios in bread baking to feel like <laughs> something and simply still fucking being here at this point, you know? So um, kudos. Yeah. Yeah, so no, but other than that, just work. Yeah, yeah, work, get up, go to work, come home, figure out what's for dinner, go to bed, do the same the next day. <laughs> That's how my life feels. I uh was on my travels, um, and that was quite exciting, and have subsequently decided that I'm going to move country, which Way. yeah, I'm gonna be leaving. Berlin um and relocating to Northern Ireland and a lot of people have been like whereabouts in Northern Ireland the Ards Peninsula um so I can be by the sea but still relatively close to both Belfast and Dublin in the Republic so I I love it I think that's exciting it is very exciting exciting. it's very exciting um the only problem is obviously that if you give my brain a big time, <laughs> uh, that's going to take up 90% of my anxiety slash headspace. And I've decided I'm not going to move until the 3rd of September to give myself like one last summer uh, yeah. in town. And because um, that is a, is 10 years to the day. So obviously I'm being very dramatic about it and I'm going to go <laughs> the day that I arrived 10 years previously. Um <laughs> But that means that not only have I given my brain a big task to deal with, it's now got five months to think about all of the, the things. Processing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, uh, since I got back, I've done things like, I, before I logged in, I literally was calculating mileage for van rental <laughs> and what it could possibly be if obviously the gas prices continue to rise and whether or yeah. not trying to figure out a budget and it's already in the thousands um because obviously you can contact these companies and be like yeah. i want to move and they they come in and they pack everything up and they move it there and then you arrive and this all sounds wonderful pretty sure i can't afford it um, <laughs> i've got to try and shoehorn one of my friends into a rented transit and get them to drive me through france to take a boat for like a day um it's yeah so it's fun it's fun <laughs> i just love this way i'm like i'm like oh my god I'll, I'll just make it really easy on myself and give myself five months and i can have loads of fun in berlin and you're like girl you are literally just gonna be obsessing about <laughs> or whether you keep shit or give shit away or sell yeah shit or how you get there or do you know and i because obviously i've got my two cats as well yeah moving is one of the most stressful things you can do as well oh yeah oh so uh but it'll be worth it when you're there I mean yeah either that or this is it and and feel like I've made a massive mistake just because I needed something huge to do because I was bored (laughs) and in two weeks you're like well could have could have stayed (laughs) Berlin's quite cool uh no I'm very I'm very firm on the reasons why I'm going um and also there are benefit a lot of benefits for me as someone who's self-employed being in the yeah 
them. Yeah. It's all very boring. And we did, you know, obviously, we, I very deliberately, when we talk about like our loose schedule and the topics we're going to talk about, the the drinking episode, the drinking episode was following the mental health episode for a reason. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm just going to flat, flat out say it, right? Let's get into it. I obviously have a pretty uh, hard perspective because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a recovering alcoholic, right? So I don't, I can't be afforded. I I can't afford myself the like uh, dubious luxury of being able to be in the debating society over to as to whether or not it's good for me. Like, yeah, I, I know that I can't drink, so I don't. But that's me, right? Yeah. Um, but what I would say that after five years of recovery. And it for alcoholism and alcohol dependency, what is baffling to me at this point is I'm like, oh my God, you were depressed and alcohol is a liquid depressant. So the way that you coped with depression was literally by pouring depressant in your system. Explain this to me. And like the amount of times I went and got put on medication and you're not supposed to drink when you're on the medication and I would get shit based all the time and be like borderline, you know, like I really <laughs> psychosis. I've experienced that before, like uh, not been a melodramatic. Um, so obviously it's tough to me for me talking to people about drinking and how like what is healthy and what isn't healthy. And because I'm someone who like I love drinking. I yeah. love the way it makes you feel. I love the relief. I love that what I didn't love anymore was the fact that when I had a drink, I couldn't tell you how the rest of the night would progress or where yeah. end up. Sounds a bit unpredictable. Oh yeah. Thrilling and exciting. <laughs> and just what you think everyone does when you're in your early but 20s. I'm sure horrifying, horrifying at times. Yeah, I don't this is the the bat the you know, my alcoholism meant that I was never really fully aware or awake to the horrifying. That's part of why getting sober yeah. is horrible because you have to then be like, <laughs> oh no all of those things that I did and then finally actually <laughs> sit with all the like guilt and the shame and the, you know oh it's so much but obviously you've got a Peroni on the go there I You're have got a, a Peroni a on the go um I am a drinker <laughs> yeah. but um I can sit here and say um I I don't have a great relationship with alcohol um mm-hmm. I've tempted to go sober a couple of times I managed 48 days Woo-hoo. and it was it was tough and it was tough for reasons I didn't expect um because uh and I think as well for me like alcohol has been such a huge part of my life even from a young age before I even drank because my parents are big drinkers we went to the club every weekend so I sat and I watched out adults drink every Saturday night and and then obviously I got older and you know before I was probably legal I was going into nightclubs uh all that kind of stuff but it was actually in my 20s I was talking to a young guy who used to work on the Saturday he was like a little Saturday lad and he said oh you go out every weekend I went yeah everyone everyone does that's what you do and he's like Oh, no, I'm sure some people don't. Mm. I said, like, well, you know, I've always done it. Like my mum and dad did it. We went to the club. Don't your mum and dad go out drinking every weekend? And he went, no. And it was the first time 
in my early 20s that someone had said that to me and I realized that it wasn't normal or not normal for everyone yeah yeah. and that was the first time I sat there and went huh (laughs) and like but to me that was what everyone did everyone went out on a Saturday night whether it was the club the pub whatever yeah and you drank until you got drunk yeah very drunk. and very drunk very very um, very and very. yeah and so that's something that I grew up with and as well I you know I grew up I was born in 81 so my teenage years were in the 90s mm. and it was around that time when do you remember the ladettes it was oh, cool yeah. the yeah. ladettes down yeah. in pints and all that that was all really really cool and it was all these programs on uh, of like film crews would go and document like Brits abroad on their holiday, IB for Uncovered, Greece Uncovered, all those kind of programs. And me and my fr- like my friends, we watch it and we thought it's great and we thought it's brilliant. So we were looking up to YouTube going, I want to be like that. Yeah. And I I did, <laughs> turns out, because yeah, I've come to realise. you've got an Ibiza story, haven't you? From uh, not Ibiza, Tenerife. 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 Tits out Tenerife. in Tenerife, wasn't it, Sarah? Tits out in Tenerife, end up on Channel 4. Go on, That's how that, that goes. You've got a, you, I know this story from you chatting about it in your on your Instagram one day, but I do think. <laughs> the, 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 the so, uh, yeah. yeah, so when I was 18, me and a couple of friends decided to have a girl's holiday and it was a proper 1830s um, knees up two weeks in Tenerife. <laughs> and so obviously it's sleep all day, get up, go out drink until the early hours of the morning or you know till the sun comes up um and we used to go into this nightclub and it had like uh against one of the walls like a really long like podium and so you could all get up and dance and we would get up and dance but when you turned around to face wall there were like little windows that you could look out and see down onto the street and this one night we we're up there dancing and we noticed a film crew filming so obviously in our drunken stupor well, like that banging on the window, get their Yay. attention, get the tits out. Think nothing of it until almost a year later, sat at home with my mum watching a documentary about a guy who had gone missing in Tenerife. And there I was on Channel 4 with my bangers out. And I was just like, oh, my God. So there you go, kids. Let that be a lesson to us all. Don't get your tits out when you're absolutely wasted. That's all I ever did. I literally, (laughs) I I, I mean, these days my cats are the boys, but once upon a time, (laughs) my epic breasts were the boys. And any opportunity that I got when I was a few drinkers to whap them out, I would. I'm talking like the back of a bus during my friend's hen party over the bar right strangers on the street like yeah. I, was, I was very rarely not running around with my t-shirt over my head from the minute I was like <laughs> in, to be honest I, I just I don't know I think it's really interesting when you mentioned kind of like Brits abroad and this kind yeah. of you know, culture and that time in the 90s because 
we've obviously got listeners from all around the world and drinking culture does tend to vary. And one of the things I struggled with when I moved to Germany is let's face it, German, Germany drinks, you know, this, this country loves its beer. It's even classified here as a food group for uh, tax purposes. Um, We have Frühstück beer, you know, just breakfast beer. Uh, (laughs) But you know, it's not as if, you know, alcohol is not a big part of the culture here, but you know, when you go out in Berlin, bars are open all bloody night. You can go to a club for three days. But I, and when I moved here, I'm 27 and already like a power alcoholic. Um, I was definitely of that British binge drinking contingent because I tend to find Britain, the way that we drink in the UK is we want to get as much in as quick as we can because yep. our bars will obviously call time at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at yeah. night pubs close at like two three o'clock and you want to be yeah. having a fight in the taxi rank and throwing chips <laughs> at each other by yeah <laughs> um so obviously my i i ended up with a massive drug problem because <laughs> when i moved to berlin i would be coming out to bars and drinking the way i did in the uk but the night would be going on for like three four times as long and i was melted um yeah. You know, which is when I realized that if you do a lot of cocaine, you can drink a lot and then also still be fine. Only you think you're fine. You feel <laughs> like you're fine, but you are absolutely not fine. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I do find it interesting that that kind of really messy drunks, mm. sunburn, yelling at everyone, <laughs> air guitar, like it's very like you, we, we're pretty stereotyped as being some of the yeah. worst world i mean i i remember when binge drinking was they kind of came up with this term of it being an issue and mm. me and my friends started going that's what we are <laughs> we're binge drinking because that's what it was is that and i still am to this day like mm. it's quite unusual for me to sit here on a friday night because and drink alcohol because i'm not a big fan of drinking at home um i'd much rather i like to go out i like i like i like a pub with a sticky floor playing oh, yeah. pool um so <laughs> Dicky Floor and Sean Paul Sean Paul <laughs> our, our episode title then we did it <laughs> <laughs> and um so I you know I can go you know weeks without having a drink mm. but then when I do go out like you said it's like I've got to get it's drinking to get drunk it's not drinking to you know oh I just really enjoy what I'm drinking I enjoy the taste of it is I enjoy the sensation of feeling like I've relaxed that false sense of confidence yeah uh you know that's what I enjoy and that's what I'm aiming for but then I don't know how to stop and I've noticed and I'm getting slightly better at it when when I'm out quite late I do get to a point where I think I don't really fancy another drink and I will just have a glass of water or a coke which for me is quite good because, you know, I was the sort of person where I, I had to have a drink in my hand at all times. So I just finish it straight to the bar, another one and, and you know, just necking them. Yeah, <laughs> and I, mean, it's I, like, I, I relate. Yeah. I, was, I was definitely like double fisting. I was definitely, I would be ordering the next one while I still had yeah. one in my hand. Yeah. I, I, I pride myself on being able to down drinks I ran a pub in Southampton for a while and I remember a night where you know when you call time at the bar 
you know, it's time at the bar and then you've got people got a chance to sort of drink up and fuck off. Um, and then this one guy and I'm like, come on, off out you go. I probably was trying to close up so I could have a lot yeah. <laughs> of drugs. I don't know. But I was really trying to get everyone out one night and this lad was sat there and he was like, oh, I've still got a whole pint. Still got like a full drink here. So I just picked it up, downed it, put the empty glass down. And I was like, now we don't have a problem. Good. <laughs> now off you fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Like, oh my God. Like, and when yeah. you talk about that sensation, like that. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> and the relief that you get from it. But I think for me, it definitely was like, I really relate to that idea of like, I found this solution. And I, that yeah. when you talk about the confidence and the feeling lit up and feeling yeah. Everything's great and everything's fine and everything's fun. And I definitely, oh my god, I had so much fun when I was drinking. I I get it, I understand it. But yeah. then it got to a point where I was having less and less fun. Yeah. And <laughs> terrible things were happening. And then I wasn't having any fun, and there was only terrible things happening. And I really had to, you know, people who I considered to be like nightmare humans when it came to drug and alcohol consumption were the people turning around to me and going, you might have a problem and I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) really for me it was my it was my solution as someone that did struggle with anxiety and depression and always felt like everything was a bit of a struggle I was like yeah but at least I can drink at least I get a night off at least I can because when I say I'm an alcoholic I did used to drink on my own in my house I'm also I never drank on my own in my house I did I used to like ordering beers with my pizza when I was hungover to take the edge off and I definitely (laughs) used to like drink before I went out which is drinking Mm. So like, um, but I think most people, when they think of an alcoholic, they think of like someone, you know, huddled in a dark corner, yeah. such in a bottle, like the way that we do Phil Mitchell, yeah. extenders, <laughs> alcoholic, you know? Um, and for me, learning more about our alcoholism, it's really not about how much I drink or when I drink. It's the effect it has on me when I do that. Mm. Once I have one drink, I lose all willpower and all control. And could wake up in Paris. (laughs) 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 Which again, in your 20s, I've done it. It, I really have. It's like, oh, I'm so fun and I'm so cool and I'm so spontaneous and dangerous. And then I found that when I turned 31 and I was just waking up face down in the park, uh, it really (laughs) just wasn't it just wasn't cute anymore. No. And I think uh, that's something when I when I first stopped drinking, obviously having to sort of look at my habits and the the stories we tell like down the pub or at work on a Monday or whatever sometimes when you actually look at you go they're quite dangerous situations where you actually end up hurt you get arrested but we tell them like comedy stories because we've normalized drinking drinking it especially here in the UK it's it's more abnormal to say you don't drink everyone goes what yeah uh um but we've normalized these things and you go actually there is it really good to be drinking to the point where you end up in A&E or you wake up and you don't know where you are yeah and no it's not <laughs> and like no, and it is about that I think it is about how much more likely we are to put ourselves in harm's way when we're drinking and that doesn't mean you know if you go out and get drunk and terrible things happen it's your fault or your responsibility no. and that's not what I'm saying at all but when I think about some of the situations that I I was in that I know I wouldn't have been in if I hadn't have been completely fucking loaded because let's face it if you're a drunk you tend to lose your common sense <laughs> like you're 
we're not exactly operating with full mental faculties um you know so um I'm I consider myself very fortunate that I haven't been more harmed but I was harmed you know like part of getting sober dealing with some of the trauma um you know and it's not to say that you don't experience that when you're not fucking drinking either but life can be life can be tough in so many different ways I think the reason why it was important for me to like talk about this is because I see so many people struggling and having like such a hard time and feeling really confused as to why it is that they can't seem to get a foothold who never ever ever like we said it's so normalized and it's so normal never go ah I do love getting absolutely not like I like drink or I like let's you know like I it's that spot in that pattern of if you go out on the weekend go out on a Friday night and you do drink a lot or you do drugs and then you feel bad you have a hangover and everyone kind of knows this cycle they but it's the people that get to Wednesday and wonder why it is they want to kill themselves yeah you know (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. like you know we you get halfway through the week and you go oh my god this is so bad I feel awful like oh like everything is terrible everything life is such a struggle oh my god because and then they're like this is terrible so Friday they do exact same fucking thing again yeah and and, because that's what I was unable to do I couldn't connect the dots that all my efforts to look at my mental health and to improve my life seemed to fall flat and I couldn't figure out why the fuck nothing would work and it's because the the great big elephant in the room clutching two bottles of Jack Daniels was the fact <laughs> that I I'm I had a drinking problem I was yeah. I had an alcohol problem you know because it's it, it's a baffling thing it, alcoholism because I found that you know when I talk about that like <sighs> moment yeah it stopped happening at some point I would drink as much but I couldn't get the same effect and so yeah. I would keep going and then I would just be messy drunk. But my, whereas I used to get that, like, ah, oh, I am hot and cool and I have no problems. <laughs> I, I couldn't achieve that anymore, no matter how much I drank. And all I got was angry and yeah. more anxious. And like my head would just be on fire, even though I was bodily hammered, you know? Yeah. It, it was the most, honestly, the most painful place to be to have this thing that helped that then stopped helping, but then you couldn't stop doing, even though all it was doing was like fucking up your life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that I learned very quickly, you know, back when I was a teenager and with, you know, someone would go down to the local corner shop and get a load of white lightning, (laughs) you know, whatever cheap cheap cider. Mm. I learned from a young age and, you know, being someone who was quite shy, and very very insecure that when I drank I suddenly had all this confidence obviously it's not real confidence I know that now and I could talk to anyone and I was funny and people laughed and people liked me and I've now got like this weird thing where because I would be out every weekend and there'd be so many people that that I know but they would only ever see me in the pub so when they met me outside of that and I'm sober they're like are you okay and I'm like yeah <laughs> and they're like are you sure and I'm like yeah I'm sober because I'm not that like larger than life like you know person yeah and then I think for a long time I thought it's almost like I have to perform for people because people go out expecting me to be the drunk Sarah who makes everyone laugh oh, yeah I'm um sorry. and it's like there's sometimes when I sit and I think 
I don't want to perform tonight. I don't want to. I I just yeah. I don't want to do it. Um, but also as well, when I tried to stop drinking, I noticed that it made a lot of other people really uncomfortable because it made them look at their own yeah. drinking. And yeah. if you're not gonna go out and get hammered every weekend, um then what what does that say about me and my drinking I'm like you're you're drinking you're drinking <laughs> like you know that's exactly. you to, to exactly. deal with but exactly. as well you know because I I went I would still go out and I wouldn't drink I'd have what I called my virgin dark fruits uh soda water and black currant um choice. yeah um but obviously I'm not that loud and you know stupid person and I noticed that that changed the way other people were and I then felt kind of responsible for their fun and again that's not my responsibility if you want to get drunk and dance and that you don't need me to do that yeah but I I sort of oddly felt like I've become like this I don't know the right word to use um I'm like the little coil that you just give alcohol and then it's like, oh, here she goes, she's sprung, we can all go now, we can all yeah, go now. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I totally um, do. And then it's like, when I took that away, everyone's like, whoa, 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 yeah. what do we do? And it's like, I'm, I can't be responsible for you. No, it's a, um, it's a really tough thing. I remember being in a nightclub sober, but still trying to hang out with the people I used to party with, which is an odd mm. phase that I think everyone kind of that I, I went through that I went through um and this girl who was fucking wasted <laughs> <laughs> like do you want some ecstasy and I was like uh no I'm I'm good thanks God, do you want do you want some mushrooms no I'm I'm fine do you want a drink no I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not drinking this is water and she just like had this moment of just staring at me and then went like, why are you here? here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was but like, that. I was the first person on the dance floor <laughs> and I would be the last person on the dance floor. But that like her poor in that moment, drug addled brain, yeah. like freaking out. Like I, but you're here, but you're not doing any drugs or drinking, but you're dancing, but you're not you're just drinking water. And like, I can't, oh my god yeah now <laughs> I I would love to get to that point of I can go out not drink hmm. but dance if I want to dance and yeah, not give yeah. a fuck and have it that it does yeah have that um no fucks given um feeling that you know I get from alcohol without alcohol I'd love that yeah. to me that would be the ultimate I mean that here's the thing uh obviously I didn't do it by myself yeah because I know what it's like to be like here's the thing on, only the individual can decide whether or not they maybe have a problem with alcohol you know yeah it's, but like I said it's fuck all to do about with about how much you drink or when you drink or um it's the way that I didn't like how I felt when I wasn't drunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is kind of the hallmark of my problem um but it's also this thing of you know 
I find that people who don't necessarily have a problem with alcohol don't spend time thinking about when they're going to be drinking or not drinking. They don't spend time thinking about the drinks that they're having. They don't spend time thinking about the number of drinks that they're having. It's mm. kind of like, you know, that that was very telling to me. But all I'll say is this, is that I know what it's like to stop and be like, I'm going to stop and then to have a period of time and then be fundamentally unable to fucking do it any longer and then be beating your beating myself up over it. Yeah. And, uh, when, you know, I really bottomed out and everything was terrible. And the last solution I felt I had was to kill myself. Um, I, someone had taken me to an AA meeting. They'd asked if I wanted to go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Um, and I went to, I went back to AA and I put my hand up and I said, I, I can't do this anymore and I need help. And I've been there for five years. And that's that's the how and why of why I'm still sober. It is. Yeah. I think it's, and I say that, you know, like it's Alcoholics Anonymous. There's an, supposed to be an anonymity factor um, and for fucking damn good reason. But the reason I say it is because I never want to talk to people about my recovery or talk to people about my sobriety and the fact that I am now the person that can be the first and last on the dance floor and not give a fuck about having a drink. I'd literally rather put a gun in my mouth today, to be honest. Um, but it, <laughs> it, it's not that I got there through sheer bloody mindedness or willpower. It's really hard for me on anniversaries when people are like, oh my God, it's so amazing. You must be so proud. And I'm like, it took a village. Yeah. It took people with experience that had been through things sober that I couldn't comprehend going through sober talking with me. It took having a 12 step program to put like some new framework and support in my life and in my thinking that alcohol had eroded over so long. So I'm not going to bang on about it. I'm not here. I'm not a Mormon. It's not my job to fucking convert <laughs> anyone. Seriously. Like you'll never go to AA and people be like, you're an alcoholic and you have to do this, this, and this. Cause I wouldn't have fucking stuck it if, if that was the case. But I'm just saying, if there's anyone listening to this now that is like, you know, like when you say, Oh, I'd love to do that or get to that point. Uh, I felt the same way at some point. And mm. for, there are so many different ways to be so sober and to stay sober. And you have to find the thing that works for you. But as a sober person, I am sober in AA. And it's been the thing that kind of did the trick for me. So if that's something that is uh, interesting to you or you want to chat about it more, I would encourage people, they can message me directly on my Instagram or email us on there on the pod yeah get in touch get um in yeah touch. i think uh, reach out ask for help you don't think, have to do it on your own <laughs> i think that was one of the things is for me was the realization that uh when i stopped drinking i don't have any hobbies or interests because drinking has been my entire social life mm. uh it's the only thing i've done for years yeah. and years and then i go when you take that away what have i got and then you start thinking well what if I lose all my friends and then I'm on my own and it's like and yeah it I, I, totally really I, I, I do totally relate but I did exactly the same thing and I then I you get to a point where you're like if those people aren't around anymore just because you're not getting hammered with them were they really the friends you wanted to have in the first place and true. and I look after five years yes I no longer hang out with the people I was when I got sober because I don't want to spend my whole life just rolling around the, on the floor in nightclubs but I've got my ride or die besties that I knew before and are still there with me after. 
Uh, and the quality of those friendships far outweighs the quantity of connections that I had in random fucking people that I only knew when I went out on a, to the bar on a Friday night and made a tit of myself with my tits out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's interesting because I think people think that don't realise all the other parts to it because yeah. it's not just a case of I'm not going to drink today. It, it does affect a lot of your life, especially coming from like the UK where drinking's like a sport yeah. and everyone <laughs> really cheers is. you on. Isn't it? It, it, it really is a sport. You, you, we, we would give out medals for the person that got the most drunk. And the most, most drunk. Yeah, and give them such yeah. a big pat on the back. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and people have this really negative, I think, of like, if you don't drink, you're boring. And that's not true at all. You know, if anyone's met you, you're definitely not boring. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank you. But like, you know, there's all these parts to it that I never considered when I thought, right, I'm, I'm actually going to try not to drink. Because I hate being hungover. It's shit. Mm. And like you say, being older as well, a hangover doesn't last oh, it's hideous. a day. It's a good couple of days. But also, I'm 40 and I go out. And my friend's children are now 18, 19 and out. And I feel fucking ancient. And I don't. I feel really uncomfortable. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. It totally makes sense. But yeah. I mean, like I said, I if you want to go out, there's nothing wrong with going out and having some drinks and having a good time at all. Like if I could go out and have a few glasses of wine and have a dance and come home, it would be all right. But I don't yeah. know how to do that. <laughs> you end up in Paris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of like because uh, I, I remember like there were periods of time like I remember um, I was going out for a meal one night with some friends who are visiting from the UK and we went to a very nice restaurant and we're drinking a very nice bottle of white wine. And I remember thinking how <laughs> civilized, this is lovely. I'm more than capable of just sitting here in a nice restaurant, having a nice, nice white wine. And then I thought, oh, we're in the Japanese restaurant and they have that, um, what's it called? Not Uzo because that is Greek. Oh, oh. Raki, no. I can't think God damn it She's been sober for too long I'm going to Google it I'm going to Google it Because uh, I'm going to feel like an idiot otherwise What restaurant was it? Oh, It's, it's a ramen place So uh, ramen we're having, having ramen And with a nice white wine um, But as soon as I uh, Google Japanese People are yelling at it At their, <laughs> radio, their radios As if people listen to podcasts <laughs> On the radio People are yelling um okay well maybe it wasn't a japanese spirit because i can't find it on this list of 20 japanese spirits at all um but let's just say uh i decided to order some shots uh and i was like okay we did some shots i ended up out at a club snorting mdma <laughs> And obviously, a like, evening. yeah, you literally go from like <laughs> it's a weeknight, and one minute I'm in a lovely, you know, restaurant catching up with some dear old friends, having a nice glass of white wine. The next minute I'm in the toilet of a grimy club, trying to fit chunks of mandy up my nose, right? And the worst <laughs> thing is, is that my friends are all a bit like, when in Rome, and they're they're like, well, okay. So they start doing MDMA and they are absolutely fucking rolling their tits off. But I got a bit grumpy. I wanted to go home, and I just left. 
left. <laughs> Which is just, it, it, and this is what I'm saying. It goes, it, it, for me, it, it just goes from, I, if I, as an alcoholic, it's very easy for me, even after like five years to be like, yeah, wouldn't it be lovely while I lay on the beach just to have some sort of lovely coconut based cocktail? I'll just have one because it'll be tropical. Yeah. And you know, or to be, you know, it's a winter's evening and there's a nip in the air. And as I sit in front of this fire, I'll just have <laughs> a small sip of whiskey, you know, like that's where my head will go. But I've never, ever, ever in my fucking life had one small sip of whiskey. I have never had one cocktail. Have I gone weeks, even months without having a drink? Absolutely. Um, it's that strange thing. What are you doing? What are you doing? If you're going in the fridge for a beer, I'm going to fall in over. Beer. I'm going to fall <laughs> over. <laughs> I'm going to fall. What are you? Are you getting a beer out of the fridge? I'm getting a beer. <laughs> They're going down. This is what it's like. You think, oh, I just have the one. But now I've like, got a taste for it. Look, there's me waxing lyrical. About, waxing lyrical. About, and I'm like, I'm just going to get fucked tonight. And, and Sarah, who's got a headset on, right, just sort of was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just wandering over to the fridge. <laughs> and this is so for another bit, but this is amazing. I love this for you. I do. I genuinely love this for you. What was your drink of choice? My drink of what choice. What was your favourite? Jack and Coke. <sighs> right. So I went through a phase in my 20s of gin and juice. Lay yeah. back. Sipping that <laughs> gin and juice. Right. Yeah. So that, but then one night when I was having a lot of people around my house and there was, uh, some dudes there that I was then going to be going on tour with. I put an entire bottle of Gordon's gin and a bottle of neat Kiora in a cocktail fountain uh, <laughs> and drank most of it. And I ended up like punishing these guys, like stalking them around the house and trying to talk to them about how cool they were and how great their band was. Um, I wrote on the kitchen floor with a Sharpie. I went upstairs <laughs> I passed out, but then everybody was going out to a club and I realized they were all leaving without me. So I threw a pot plant out of my window at them and proceeded to follow them to the club without my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, and then I, I, I like I said, I had to go on tour. And as I got in the van and I was, I, and I sat down one and next one, these guys, he put his headphones in and put his hood up and looked out the window. And I wow. Like, oh my God. Like, so that ended my gin fancy uh for a while yeah gin's quite potent i think i love dylan moran when he talks about gin drinking i made 20 volavons and nobody <laughs> even said thank you <laughs> I shows. It's, we call it mascara thinner in the uk mother's ruin gin mother's ruin uh, that's what yeah, my mum always point, called it i've never been into beer i've never been a beer drinker i've never liked beers i loved cider i used to drink a lot of snake bite and black um, but yeah. when I moved to Germany, I got really uh, motorhead and I would just drink Jack Daniels and Coke. Um, <laughs> I say just drink Jack Daniels and Coke. I'd also drink Jägermeister, Espresso Martini. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I would drink anything going. Anything going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boxes of wine for festivals, one under each armpit, you know. Like a <laughs> Horrendous horrendous but yeah I just I just think that you know it, it's interesting isn't it that when you're a teenager you're you're allowed to like it's almost like let's go get fucked up and your parents are expecting you to come home covered in vomit one day it's like a rite of passage yeah yeah the, the legal drinking 
the UK, the legal drinking age is uh, 18, obviously. And at that point, it's like, like, like you're saying, it's so culturally anticipated that you'll be released into the wild to possibly injure yourself or someone else while heavily under the influence. Yeah. It does. It, yeah, it kind of scares me a bit. I mean, I've got a lot of friends, like I say, whose kids are now old enough to go out drinking and, you know, just being a parent, I think, oh my God, because I know the things I've seen on nights out and the mm. states I've got myself into and the thought of like these innocent <laughs> little kids, like getting punched in the kebab shop or whatever. I just think, oh no, like. Well, I remember my someone that I uh, knew went missing um, after a night out and they found them in a skip, like passed out because they were really like, you know, they were blacked, like passed out drunk. I I used to think that blackout meant that you'd passed out, but it means that you're actually running around doing things without fully being present. It's blackout. (laughs) Like some people can wake up in the midst of a blackout and they will have no idea how they got there or what they've been doing it's truly terrifying um and what's really sad though that there has actually been more than one instance of people climbing into bins on the way home drunk and passing out and then being killed when said bin has been put in the back of the garbage truck jeez there was a young young guy in the UK. Um, this isn't an urban legend. It's not rumor. You, I could Google it now and give you the name, but I won't. Um, and he had he had a young missus and a young kid, and they couldn't find him. And they used his phone, and his, he was out at the rubbish dump because he they, mm. and they reckon he must have climbed in a bin, um, pissed and passed out. You know? Yeah, you just it feels really senseless when you hear things like that. You know, but when you talk about like, you know, getting blackout drunk, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I always made it home or to a home, I should say. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, not these days. Um, but yeah, like I'd, I'd go in and then I'd wake up in my bed. My clothes would be all over the house. Mm. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I Covered did. in bruises. Oh yeah, the bruises. Yeah, bruises. I did wake up once. Um, my housemates were quite annoyed with me because I used to like leave the. Apparently, I didn't believe it, but they said I used to leave the front door open because I'd come crashing in and just not shut the door behind me. But one day I came crashing in and just passed out there. And they woke up in the morning and I was literally half in the house, half out the house, laying in the doorway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, uh, I think you know whether you drink or don't drink, just remember it's. So it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. Yeah. Like, well, here. Oh, you've got me started. I'm going to say it right. <laughs> well, our governments have wars on drugs mm. whilst taxing alcohol and cigarettes. Either one of those individually, let alone combined, kills more people and causes more illness and more strain on our health systems than any of the illegal drugs combined Mm, yeah right drinking and drinking related illness and disease is one of the like top killers across all age groups in one way or another and we don't we get but they don't want us drinking and driving and doing stupid shit and we'll occasionally get a government campaign but if you any idea the amount of money going into government coffers off the back of tax on alcohol So, so let's let's put the dots together here right capitalism 
we all go to work and make money looking forward to going out and getting shit faced on the weekend in the process, giving more money to the system, obliterating ourselves enough that we can blot out the misery of our lives on the lead up to that point. So we can then wake up on Monday and do it all over again. Is there any, and we wonder why there's a pub on every fucking corner of every working class town across (laughs) the fucking country. Yeah. If you took away alcohol for a month, there would be revolution like you have never, I genuinely believe that. If people lost their anesthetic, if they lost their get out of it at the end of the week, drug, that is literally government <laughs> providing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, there'd be riots. There would. There would be absolute riots. Yeah. But because where does all the anger go? Where does all the upset go? Where does all the disgust with our rising cost of living go? Where does all the awareness of the fact I don't really want to sit here for 40 hours a week and do this day in, day out until I don't get to retire until I'm very old and then get paid a pittance for fucking pension. It goes in the bottom of a fucking pint glass. Yeah, it's very good. Keeping us docile. Yeah, and this is, you know, and this is, I guess this is, I take a hard line on this because I have things that I use to help me when I need to stay tough in the commitment that I've made to my sobriety is that honestly, think about punk rock. (laughs) And the fact that punk rock's supposed to be really anti-establishment and is really supposed to be deliberately championing a different or other way of existing by actively rebelling against the system. And yeah. yet that scene is more synonymous with drug and alcohol abuse than a lot of <laughs> That's actually a very good point. Right? Oh, I'm really it's- punk and I'm going to prove how punk I am by going and getting, like, pissed drunk and moaning about things and being angry but never actually doing anything and all the yeah. time i'm just putting money in the government's pockets yeah it's more cool. it's more punk rock to be sober cool. it is it, i'm sorry yeah. based on that logic and not just because i like to hear it it is infinitely <laughs> more fucking punk rock to be sober and stay sober and show up and actively engage in constructive useful fucking change than it is just to whine about things and be drunk all the time yeah very true yeah when when we say sober you know like i'm sober as in i don't drink or do any drugs because i'm a recovering alcoholic but i do think it's possible for people to go out and cut loose and have fun and have a healthy relationship with alcohol i do I, i genuinely believe that and anyone that can do that uh honestly my hat is off to you um yeah I think there's a lot of you like I said I we do all have a tendency as a society now to over pathologize everything (laughs) Everything. you know you can't you can't get up and drink a coffee without or coffee does this and it's good or coffee does this and it's bad or where is your coffee coming from or like um or oh I had this conversation with someone what does it mean about them what does it mean about me what does that mean about and I it's so fucking tiresome yeah (laughs) You know, yep. so sometimes, you know, if you can just sit there and go, well, yeah, I enjoy drinking wine or I like to go out and do a shit like shit ton of drugs or like and you you are at one with that, you know, behavior fucking good for you. Yeah, There's no need to sit around picking it apart. The, the, the awareness for me, like I said, the need to do that came with the fact that I realized normal people don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah normal people are not like oh is this a good thing for me to do or a bad thing to do i don't know whether i need to do this this weekend am i going to do it this much or that much am i going to spend this amount of money on it or that amount of money on it they're just living their lives they're not ever <laughs> thinking about 
alcoholic beverages and whatever. They just go, I'm going to have a beer because I enjoy it. And that's it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, Uh, baffling to me, just as baffling to me as the people that will order a drink, drink half of it, like, and then leave it. I could slap you. I don't understand. I never. Got, I don't get it. It's like I just. I'm literally necking them as I go out the door. Like, ah, oh, here. Oh, go, go, crazy. go. Oh no, sorry. I've I've had enough. Ah, you're still standing. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. I think one of the big things for me was, you know. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people when they are faced with having to stay be stopped and stay stopped forever um, was this whole thing of like what about weddings yeah what about funerals what about festivals like what about there's a lot of like people will throw a lot of scenarios at you or you I did it myself because people you can't fathom going through certain life events and not not drinking yeah you know um but I've done most of them now I've done most of them now I've done I've done a funeral um and it was really tough because I hadn't I hadn't been sober for very long and it was someone that I absolutely loved and adored and who died far too young and I I did witness the collective relief that occurred when everyone kind of started drinking and I felt like yeah that or participate in that um, but the flip side to that is that that night when everyone else went out and dealt with their grief by getting absolutely ruined, I took myself to bed, had an early night, woke up in the morning, had a nice breakfast, watched the sun on the water outside of the window, took a walk through the town and like was able to make peace and have like a moment in my own way that I actually found very profound. Yeah. Um, Cause I hadn't had the ability to do that before. Cause I obviously would have. Well, I was going to say, you know, like you said, you know, dealing with their grief by um, drinking, but was it really dealing with it or was it just numbing? Exactly. Oh, uh, so have you you really, have you really dealt with it? My theory from experience is that anything you don't deal with and that you avoid by uh, self-medicating with drugs and alcohol is going to be there waiting for you at the point that you put it down. And that's why so many people have a problem with putting it down because you go, okay, I've ruined my fucking life or I don't feel where I am or I've got health problems or it's affecting my relationship or whatever fucking reason you go, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And then all of that shit that you never felt is going to be there and you finally have to look at it and sit with it and learn from it. I never learned. I never learned lessons. I went through my 20s. If it was good, I drank. If it was bad, I drank. If it, I was indifferent, I drank, right? So I never learned, which is why I say, for me, I, it took a village. I needed a lot of people and their shared experience and support to help me to deal with all of the things I never felt and to learn the lessons that I never gave myself the ability to learn. Because you have to go, oh, that thing that really fucking fucked me up that I never really processed because I was drunk when it happened and then I dealt with it through drinking. It didn't go anywhere. And now, yeah. 10 plus years later... I somehow have to now process that and not and and find a way to frame it or understand it or like it's a lot it's hard so I really Mm. I have have so much understanding and empathy because people think that when they stop they just have to use their willpower yeah do it again and for me that was never enough 
Yeah. See, that's that's one of the things I found when I when I tried to stop. Uh, one, I felt extremely hungover every day, even though I'd not drunk, <laughs> which I wasn't uh, quite ready for. But it was it was I've got to sit and just feel these feelings um, and I don't want to. Yeah. But I've taken away the thing that would distract me from that or numb it, however you want to phrase it. And like, yeah, it's difficult. So I, I understand, I think, how hard it is. And I have a lot of respect for people who give up. I really do. Because it's tough because you're surrounded by it all the time as well. Yeah. Um, to not give in and just go, oh, fuck it, I've had enough. Like, I really, you know, I think you get a thumbs up. Because I, I think it's like a massive thing. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, it is. But I, I do really want to underline the fact it's so easy sometimes to be like, yeah, I haven't had a drink for five years and I got sober and it helped me sort my fucking life out. I do have to always come back to the fact that I didn't do it alone. And a big, and it's such a cliche. Like people say, like the first step is, you know, admitting you have a problem. It, yeah, it's not. I don't like a fucking problem. You need help with it. Drinking. It's, it's asking for help. Yeah. The first step is uh, is asking for help and and then being actually willing to accept it and to follow people's suggestions and to kind of relinquish some of the um denial um around it but yeah I'm very I'm very grateful actually that these days even though terrible things can do happen that the the first thing that I do is not try to blot out (laughs) (laughs) have to blot out the experience or the feelings because it's given me like that's the thing like I've had the opportunity to grow like so much Mm. to learn so much about myself that I get to do things now like make a decision to move country after 10 (laughs) years and feel pretty happy and confident in my decision I don't like second guess myself as much you know um but yeah booze in Drank. What's the most fun drinking story you've got? Other than oh God! Tenerife and ending up on the telly a year later, which is that's probably my. I mean, is that fun? That's probably my most wild story. I've done loads of stupid shit, like just <laughs> you know, I've I've been sick and slipped up in it. I've yeah. <laughs> I gave my house key to a homeless person. <laughs> um. I, I, you know, I've done all so I just talk an incredible amount of shit. So, you know, if you think I talk shit sober on a podcast, give me a few points to start through. I'm just... Mate, rah, I, totally rah, 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 rah. I totally relate. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you ima- that's the thing. When most people say to me, like, well, why? I'm like, are you serious? Like, you imagine this full of whiskey and cocaine uh is that a good time for you? <laughs> most of the time people are like oh christ you know like whoa um uh, yeah i i it's just that loss of inhibitions i guess and i i'm gonna do things that you know obviously sober i'd be a bit like maybe that's not such a good idea i think i'm dealing with that a little bit at the moment <laughs> like uh when i was drinking i did this trip to america where we drove across america in five weeks i did 12 major american cities we were couch surfing it was dangerous as 
fuck you know like really like, i've got some <laughs> stories from that trip did you know who you were like whose couch you were sleeping on or was it like some kind of website yeah it was some kind of website and we couch just rock for up. hire one day i went and slept in the van so i was pretty sure the guy in the house was going to try and murder us like, he's going there. to murder me i'm off yeah yeah there was a lot of that because i was smoking weed and getting really paranoid as well as so it wasn't it, you know that was but it was really but here's the thing going to america to drive across america in five weeks i don't drive it was just my boyfriend <laughs> driving and wanting to do things like take acid in the circus circus and do a hunt <laughs> thompson in vegas you know like i've yeah. done it and it was fucking great and I, I and here's the thing i never would have been able to do that with that much the amount of inhibition that it took like it's a reckless insane thing to do to go there with no money and then to drive a rental van across country sleeping on an airbed in the back and like you know but i've i've seen places and done things and had experiences that i perhaps wouldn't have had otherwise and so there yeah. is that aspect and if you look at me now i was kind of like i am terrified about this move i'm terrified and i'm completely overwhelmed thinking about bank accounts closing utility contracts packing stuff customs and import like i'm so fucking overwhelmed it makes me want to vomit just thinking about it and i'm like where is this coming from like you know how to deal with shit and i'm like no girl you don't when you moved to <laughs> berlin you moved here with 300 bucks and a suitcase right you had 300 bucks a suitcase and a drinking problem and you do crazy, <laughs> reckless shit all the time because you never dealt with consequences because you just drank your way through it kind of thing and it it is it's like i've got this level of adulting now which yeah. shows in my life and the quality of life that i have which is obviously amazing but sometimes i tequila hannah would already have just been like, fuck it. Like I am fucking, I am moving. I'm doing it <laughs> now. Do you want my stuff? Just take my stuff. Stuff doesn't <laughs> anything. Anyway, I am free. And fuck you, passport control. I'm gonna go I want, right? Like it, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd have hired a van and a hot, me and a whole bunch of other drunk people would have just chucked my poor cats in the back and we, I'd have been on my way to Calais by now, right? Um, <laughs> and that, and this is what I'm saying is like, uh, it's no way to live your life and you can't fucking do it forever. It's definitely not cute. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I do miss that like, yeah, that. I yeah the, the the recklessness it yeah. can be really fun and yeah. it can be like you know I can have a night out and I'll wake up and I'm just laughing to myself about the things that happened or but then like you say there's the other nights where you go I I, I just feel a bit sad um like when I was younger a lot of my friends had like partners I was always single and I wouldn't want to go home because it was like oh, I, I hate the fact that yeah. I haven't got anyone and they'd go, they'd go home and I'd be there by myself, just carry on drinking. Yeah. And I look back and I go, God, that's really sad. And I was, I was only young then as well. And yeah. not almost hoping that someone would, you know, catch my eye across the room and be like, oh, you know. Yeah. And it never happened. And I'd wander off to the taxi rank and go home by myself. And I think, oh, that's quite, mm. quite sad. Part of the way I came to terms with it, because it's very easy once you get sober to look back and be like, oh my God, I totally fucked up. I wait, I didn't mm. go to university because I was too busy drinking tequila in the pub around the corner from my college, you know, like, 
um, it's very easy to look at your life and go like, oh my God, imagine what I could have achieved if I hadn't have been yeah. for over a decade. But it it saved me. Like I, I it, yes, it stopped working, but when it worked, it it helped me a lot. It was the crutch that I needed. And I hate to think what could have happened if I hadn't have had that. But yeah. I mean, it, there did just come a point where I think in order to, like I said, continue to grow or have a, a quality of life, um, you have to make the decision to to heal enough that you don't need the crutch anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm at that point now where I'm like, you know, I, I do like a night out. Um, but I'd like them to be fewer and far between because I filled my weekends in other ways. Yeah, but it's just figuring out how to. Um, yeah. So I don't know where what my my thing is. <laughs> you know no, that I, I can get I, into. Or I mean, because I was just thinking, and I was like, well, what do I fucking do? Like, I mean, I watch a lot of Netflix. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's listen the- to a lot of podcasts and that, and I do genuinely like enjoy it. I love watching these stories. Uh, you know, I love a documentary and stuff like that. I but, still like um, I still like going to bars and I still like hanging out yeah. at bars and I will go to clubs and stuff and shows and I guess I had just haven't in the last couple of years because of COVID, and so now I'm at a point you know I'm 37 this year and people are like oh we should go here and do that and I'm like oh, I just don't really want to because I find yeah. it boring like I used to really enjoy sitting at a table with people that were drinking smoking cigarettes and like talking shit I'm not saying I won't ever do that again it's just not very high on my list of priorities I would yeah. rather be at home and watch the tv but i think part of what's happening there is i've gotten very comfortable in my own company and in, with myself and i never had that before part of the reason why i would pull on a pair of cowboy boots and leave the house like i never intended to come back again is because i was driven out the front door by an inability to sit with myself yeah you know that was a big part of it for me yeah i think i just i need I just need other ways to fill my time other than sitting in a pub, you know, which sometimes is great and it's really, really fun, but I'd like to find other ways to fill my time. Maybe we should set each other other a new challenge. Get a Um, hobby. Yeah. We have to, just for a week, because I haven't got the attention span to try anything new. (laughs) Very long. Apparently it's like a wild card. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I've, something, I started it and I kept doing it and now I'm good at it and I have no idea yeah. how I've never had that with anything else in my life before yeah maybe we should challenge each other to take, take up, up a, a hobby for a week and then we can report back on how it went how it went I uh, yeah I'm up for that have you ever had anything that you've wanted to try or well I in a way I think it would be good for me to join like a team sport um I'm just blinking but, at you now because I'm not I did not expect that I was fully what? I did not I was thinking watercolors or gardening <laughs> maybe keeping I, rabbits or something I, but team yeah, sport <laughs> was not gonna be something I thought you were gonna come out with then mate because one it would help me I'd get fit I'd get you know get healthy yeah, which, which is good and I would meet uh, you know new people but um I don't know what, because a lot of the things I'd like to do are quite aggressive. So I love boxing. I love, I'd love to do roller derby, but um, 
they're either I can't sort of get to them but also my wrists are absolutely fucking knackered so I have to be quite careful with sport but yeah I get that like rugby maybe oh that'd have lots of lesbians wouldn't it well (laughs) (laughs) maybe potentially although you know fuck around and find out summer we're dating everyone we're dating everyone we're doing it all we're doing it all all. whoever comes my way i'm i'm gonna be having because i i did this thing where i was like i'll leave berlin in september it will have been a year uh, 10 years like a decade it's a good time to go and that way i can give myself plenty of time to like downsize and get rid of stuff but also have like one last hurrah i was like i i will be able to do a summer in berlin knowing i'm leaving you know like yeah. how fun will that be and then i was like well, what exactly are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> huh are you gonna be pulling on your old fetish outfits and running around kitkat why 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 would you do that? you don't want to do that now <laughs> why would you do that it's, oh letting go of who we were sometimes is really, yeah it's really but i have obviously i've got a lot of amazing friends here um and i want to have plenty of time to hang out with them and do things with them but yeah i've always wanted you know what i've always wanted to do like macrame macrame what's that like big crochet oh very 70s like macrame plant holders like knotted yeah 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 i've always fancied yeah macrame Uh, yeah i've got i know people who love like uh crochet and cross stitch and they love it yeah that's see that's the kind of thing because i i I can knit but i can only knit in big long straight rows so the only thing i can knit is a scarf yeah bit bored of that now so i was like crochet would be cool because i'd love to learn how to do one of those like blankets like a big like my yeah my uh my friend ella makes the most amazing blankets like they're Mm. beautiful Mm. i'm like that this takes so much time i think that would be good for my monkey brain when i'm sat watching tv because i have to yeah maybe that's what i need something so i can still binge watch tv but have something that i do at the same time yeah, that's my, it's been my, my thing where it, I, cause at the moment I scroll through websites, which is really weird. Like I'll look for, we have a <laughs> website here, which is like free ads with people selling stuff. Yeah. Stuff, or it's like eBay basically. And I, I'll be like, I'll have something on the TV and be watching it, but also be looking for things. Yeah. That's what I do. I mean, the good thing about moving is I absolutely do not need to be buying anything else right now. I need to be selling stuff. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Anyway, mate, uh, drinking yeah love it it's good stuff until you start (laughs) harming harming yourself or others and that doesn't mean you end up in the hospital it can mean that you know mentally physically emotionally spiritually you're not having it straight up not having a good time um and and factoring in you know how much time you even think about boozing uh might be helpful or useful to you i hope yeah um and my d my dms uh are open it's at cult mother taro um can pop it in the show notes yeah uh because i found that talking to someone who can speak from a place of experience was helpful 
Um, and I wouldn't ever tell anybody what they should and shouldn't do with their life. And I can never, ever tell anyone they have an alcohol problem. Only you can decide that for yourself, you know. But if you are interested in learning more about recovery, recovery meetings or some of the help that was available to me, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. Yeah, that's, re that's really nice. I think that's good. Don't come to me. I'll tell you to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, I listened to the podcast episode and I think maybe I have a problem with alcohol. <laughs> and you're going to be like, awesome. I'll be like, mm, let's have a drink and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. And I'm on the roll. Next week, Sarah, what are we doing? Uh, we're going all agony aunt again, aren't we? I love it. The last agony yeah. episode had me in stitches. Um, we loved it. I'm still, I'm still not recovered from the twins dilemma. Um, so <laughs> in order to do an agony aunt episode, we need your dilemmas. No problem too big, no problem too small. If you have been agonizing over some part of your life or experience and would like some input from single fat 40 uh please feel free to where can they contact us uh you can either send us a message on instagram at single fat 40 s-i-n-g-l-e-f-a-t-4-0 or you can email us at singlefat40 at gmail.com um it could be a, a dilemma maybe you just want to know our opinion on something yeah. you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a personal problem no and obviously you can pop your name in there and if you're happy for us to say it we will or you can choose to remain completely anonymous you just let us know um but we would love to record next week so please send us some questions please, please help us <laughs> <laughs> you've got a, you've got something for me though I think yeah me. I've got my dilemma that I'd like to ask um but I'm saving it I'm saving it Okay, so if you, anyone else has been saving up there, I would so like to have your opinion on this. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much a dilemma for me. It's more a question. Okay, well then let's question. see. The, an opinion. Yeah. I'd like an opinion. You know, for me, when I was reading about agony aunt stuff when we were kids was like, you know, do I shave my armpits to please my boyfriend? Yeah. That kind of stuff on it. So um, the answer there is no, never do anything to solely please a man. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, we'll be we'll be back to more misinjury next week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to contact us, uh, we'll keep it confidential. But we'd love to hear your questions, uh, queries, or feedback. Yeah. Uh, as usual, you can find us over on Instagram at singlefat40. S-I-N-G-L-E-F-A-T-4-0. And it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on either Spotify, Apple, or where it is that you are listening to this podcast. And as usual, we will see you next Tuesday.